I'm always happy in Peru. It's probably oxygen deprivation. You've heard of Rocky Mountain High? Peru builds cities three times higher than that. 10, 12, 16,000 feet up. These are altitudes at which airline pilots are given supplemental oxygen. And if you weren't high enough, Peru's cure for altitude sickness is coca tea. It's brewed from coca leaves, the stuff cocaine is made from. It's not only legal there, it's free! Every hotel gives it out in the lobby. I've watched elderly tourists down the stuff and suddenly they're buzzing, chattering, and grinding their dentures. Every tour bus turns into Studio 54. Rocky Mountain High, Studio 54. I need some new comedy references. Peru's finest attraction is the Inca ruins, particularly since their ruins aren't ruined. They're in perfect shape after 500 years of near-constant earthquakes. Machu Picchu could be a bedroom community tomorrow. All you'd need is some roofing material, a mile of carpeting, and 20 Amish to do the work. And here's a fun fact. There are tons of Amish hiding in the Amazon and they're clear-cutting the rainforest like cartoon termites. Once you've done all the mature historical stuff, enjoy Peru's giggle-inducing attractions, Lake Titicaca and Bird Crap Island. <laughs> hi Titicaca is the biggest lake in South America, the highest lake in the world, and it's absolutely gorgeous. As for Bird Crap Island, it lives up to the name. You take a two-hour boat ride out to see four million birds pooping their brains out on a few unfortunate rocks. The crap is 200 feet thick and Peruvians sell it as fertilizer. They call it white gold. Next time QVC advertises jewelry as white gold, you'll know what you're buying. Peruvian food is delicious and cheap! A quarter gets you an ear of corn the size of a mailbox. If you're adventurous, you can try the alpaca, which tastes like beef, and the guinea pig, which tastes like hamster. Yes, the Peruvians will eat anything cute, and that includes you, Timothy Chalamet. Finally, a joke reference from this century. But their favorite food is chifa. You see signs for it everywhere. Peruvians cannot get enough chifa. I asked my guide what it was. He said, Chinese food. I tried another local dish. French fries mixed with fried chicken, served in a paper cone that's stuffed into a cup of soda. You'll never waste valuable nanoseconds turning your head between your food and your drink. They're all in one place. You can gulp garbage so fast, so easy, they should serve this at Dave & Buster's. It was great visiting Peru in December because no one does Christmas like they do. Their Christmas season runs from late August to early March. You'll see a nativity scene every 50 feet. And they're so big, Peruvians will use anything to fill them out. They're statues of the Holy Family, three wise men, barn animals, plastic kangaroos, penguins, smurfs, the Minions and Lightning McQueen from Cars. If you don't watch where you're going, you'll trip and fall into a crash. Major danger! My wife and I spent two wonderful weeks in Peru, then wrecked it all by visiting a resort in the Amazon jungle, the Inca Terra Lodge. That, by the way, is the real name. Generally on this podcast, I change the names of hotels to give me the freedom to massage the facts. Or, you know, 
lie. But this visit gave me so much material I didn't have to make up a thing. We knew we were in trouble immediately when we boarded the shuttle bus from the airport. Our perky guide said, Alert your loved ones you are here. There will be no Wi-Fi or phone service for the next three days. This was news to all of us. Who knew the Amazon is the one place you can't get Amazon? They loaded us onto a creaky motorboat and sent us chugging up the river. I told my wife, our vacation has become a Werner Herzog film. Half an hour later, we caught our first view of the lodge, the huge bamboo skeleton of a half-finished hut. It's like they started building it and just bailed. Denise said, Now it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. This was spot on. Not only was it creepy, but many of the tourists looked like they were from India and talked like they were from Philly. A guide led us to our hut. This place is dark and dangerous at night. That's why we've provided you with a flashlight. He gestured to an empty corner of the room. I said, There's no flashlight here. What? He barked angrily into his walkie-talkie, then told us, You shall have your flashlight. Two hours passed. Night was falling and still no flashlight. I went to reception, where several employees greeted me warmly. Is there anything we can do for you, sir? I need a flashlight. I said it over and over. I need a flashlight. I was like one of those 40s radio comics who had one catchphrase that was inexplicably popular. Welcome to Restaurant Chez Paris. What can I get you? I need a flashlight. (laughs) Everyone in that radio audience is dead now. That night, we were scheduled for a boat ride to see crocodiles. Before we left, our guide asked if there were any questions. I need a flashlight. He chuckled. You won't need a flashlight. We saw exactly one crocodile on the river, a baby curled up in a nest of empty Evian bottles. Nature. When we returned, it was pitch dark. As I stumbled off the boat, the guide said, Where is your flashlight? And that's when my wife had enough. I demand to see a manager. Now, I know that's a Karen line, but sometimes Karens have a point. A smiling manager arrived. How may I help you? I need a flashlight. (laughs) Shut up, you guys. The manager said, I will see if I can get you one. My wife said, You're holding one right now. The manager was indeed holding a two-foot-long stainless steel flashlight. He clutched it to himself. This is mine. It was his scepter, and he was the king of the worst resort in Amazonia. Denise grabbed the flashlight. We will return this when you get us another one. Within minutes, they came up with a second flashlight. It was a cheap plastic model, but we'd finally won, and it only took us four hours. The next night, they took us on a jungle hike. Finally, a chance to use my flashlight. Within 10 minutes, it was dead. I was left standing alone, in the dark, in the jungle, in a tarantula nest. This was my vacation. Beyond these well-planned excursions, there was absolutely nothing to do at the lodge. No outdoor activities like kayaking or volleyball, no TV, no DVDs, not even a board game. There was a small library of battered books left behind by other visitors. One was entitled, No Bad Parts. Ironic, since this lodge was entirely composed of bad parts. It was like an 18th century prison. You could only sit in your hut and ponder what you'd done wrong to bring you to this awful place. Being a trained satirist, I started calling the Inca Terra Lodge 
the Stinka Terror Lodge. But the nickname that stuck was Camp No One Gives a Crap. The place seemed to be run by aliens who'd never actually been to resort, but only seen them on comedy shows like The White Lotus. And like The White Lotus, there was nothing funny about it. For example, my wife was drinking coffee at lunch and asked for some milk to go with it. We don't have milk at lunch. You have it at breakfast. We have it at breakfast and dinner, not lunch. Far out, man. Where did it go? Did the milk have something to do? Because I sure didn't. Dinner went no better than lunch. One night they put out a beautiful buffet, but no plates. Once we demanded plates, we took our food back to the table to find there was no silverware. But we weren't supposed to eat anyhow until after the folklore show. The two-hour folklore show. It consisted of an elderly man dressed as an Amazon tribesman cavorting wildly. He was backed by a two-piece band, snare drum and whistle. Then the dancing girls came in. Eight women in skimpy tribal garb, shaking like go-go girls. Now the weird part, and folks, we haven't gotten to the weird part yet, is that they performed this entire show in the dark. There were lamps all over the dining room, but this troupe avoided the light like they were barn owls. This presented a problem. In the dark, I couldn't tell how old the dancing girls were. If they were 25 and I ogled them, I was a lech. If they were 12, I was going to jail. I need a flashlight. It's crickets because we're in the jungle. It's crickets because you suck. That's one of the Indian tourists. Anyway, the show finally ended and dinner began with a promise by the waiter. There will be free wine with the meal. My wife and I will do anything for free wine. And so we sat there for three hours waiting. We were the last ones in the dining room and we asked the waiter about the free wine he promised. He looked at us like we were crazy and left. Ten minutes later, he returned to the table. Not to worry. Your sparkling water is on the way. God damn it. The guy had just turned wine into water. He was bizarro Jesus. And now for the M. Night Shyamalan twist. Not only did the staff ignore our needs, break their promises, and generally do a god-awful job, but they did this all on Christmas Day. It was Christmas, and at camp no one gives a crap no one gave a crap. We would have settled for anything. A plastic wreath, a picture of Santa, a Charlie Brown style Christmas tree. Nobody said Merry Christmas or played a holiday song on the PA. We mentioned this to our waiter. I told him I've spent Christmas in some pretty unchristian places. Pakistan, China, Saudi Arabia, Laos. And they always did something for the holiday. Why didn't they do anything here? He replied with the biggest lie I'd ever heard a human being tell. Christmas is not a big holiday in Peru. We'd had enough. My wife went to her catchphrase. I'd like to speak to a manager. A totally new guy showed up. Every time we spoke to a manager, it was someone different. Management seemed to outnumber actual workers five to one. My wife and I told him all our complaints, a process that took us through Christmas night and into Boxing Day. The manager replied, I'm very sorry, and as our apology, we won't be charging you for the wine at dinner. That was our Christmas gift. He wasn't going to charge us for the free wine that wasn't free and wasn't wine. Ho, ho, ho! So what was the Inca Terra experience? Was it a Herzog film? A Shyamalan movie? Season 3 of The White Lotus? 
To me, it was more like The Prisoner. That's another one of my old references. The Prisoner was a British show from the 1960s. It starred Patrick McGowan as a secret agent who wakes up in a seaside resort. It's all very lovely, but none of it makes any sense. He doesn't know how he got there, what he's doing there, and how will he ever get out. Just like me. I worked with Patrick McGowan shortly before his death, because it would have been silly to work with him after his death. I asked him about The Prisoner. What did it all mean? He laughed and said, It meant I took over the show from the writers and fucked it up completely. <laughs> Everyone hated me. He could have worked at the Inca Terra Lodge. You've been listening to Where's My Flashlight? Brought to you by Yankee Doodle Diodes, the flashlight batteries that hate Hitler. Tonight's show was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perillo. Additional voices by Denise Reese and yours truly, Trevor Morris. Good night and good light. <laughs>